Welcome to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I am at the Banff World Media Festival slash Conference 2018, and I'm sitting across from two of the guys who created a TV show. It's a follow-up slash reboot of a beloved 80s movie. But I'll let you guys introduce yourselves, then tell us what you do. This is Josh Heald. I am one of the creators and executive producers of Cobra Kai on YouTube Premium. And I'm Hayden Schlossberg. I am one of the other creators of uh, Cobra Kai. And John Hurwitz is not with us. He would be the third. And the three of us are friends for, for a very long time. And Cobra Kai, what is that? Cobra Kai is a continuation of the Karate Kid saga. Uh, it's set 34 years later. It's a half-hour serialized show that's on YouTube Premium. But you can see the first two episodes on just regular YouTube. The big you know, thing with the story is that we're focusing on Johnny Lawrence, who is the bully from that classic movie, um, so it's a perspective shift, and uh, you know, it kind of just follows uh, where they're going on you know, 30 years later. There's a lot of fan fiction for beloved properties, movie, TV, film, books, stuff like that. There must have been a rights nightmare to go through to get to making this sort of reboot. So why don't you guys tell me, in short, how the series came to be? It was surprisingly easy. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes you come up with an idea for something, and, and it involves uh, property, Um, and some sort of IP. And what we did was we just called our agents and said, who owns the rights to Karate Kid? And it turned out to be a shared uh, rights with um, Will Smith's company Overbrook and uh, Jerry Weintraub, who was the original producer, his estate. There was no, you know, active development on, you know, the the Karate Kid at the time. So we just said, you know what, put us in the room with them because we have this idea. And we got in the room with uh, Will Smith's company. They loved it. Even though it wasn't uh, a continuation of the Jaden Smith movie, they still loved the original. And so um, that just got the, the ball rolling right there. Yeah, and from there, it was just a matter of uh, get it partnering with Sony, who made uh, the original movie back in 1984. They saw the potential for this to be a huge uh, series, but obviously we needed uh, two key people to make this work, and that was Ralph Macchio and William Zabka. And uh, we hounded both of them and uh, told them why this would be such a perfect and fun and interesting way back into this world and why we'd very much like to partner with them on this. And once they said yes, we had all the pieces lined up on the chessboard to, uh, to approach uh, buyers and, uh, and make it happen and find our home on YouTube. So when you're creating a TV show like this, it can be kind of a big risk if you're a big fan because you can sometimes be too devoted to the original, but you guys take some risks, but you also remain faithful to the original property. So I'd love you guys to talk a bit about that. We're fans first and foremost, and we're the very, very traditional fans of Karate Kid. We recognize how the brand has been parodied through the years. You hear you're the best around, and you you kind of start chuckling. Um, and we know that the crane kick, and there are aspects of it that that have been a little uh, treated a little bit more comedically. We knew that the secret sauce of the show was going to be earnestly leaning into all the things that made us enjoy The Karate Kid the first time we saw the movie back in 1984. Find those goosebump moments, find those themes, do it with a straight face. And if we can pull that off, then we have a TV show that feels like the DNA is connected to that movie. And then you can kind of find your ways of winking and nodding occasionally and and finding that allusion to the movie. But if we can ground this in the story and these characters that we love and not look for the low-hanging fruit of how can we poke fun or, 
or, or ch tell our audience, hey, look, we're doing this little Karate Kid thing over here, uh, then we knew we kind of were on the right path. So I'd love you to tell me about a winky, naughty thing that you guys desperately wanted to do but held back on doing because it wouldn't have been good for the series. I, I would say one thing that we talked about doing and didn't do was use the song You're the Best Around. And we thought about it because it's a huge part of the, the show. We couldn't find the right place for it. And that's not to say we would never use it, but if we're using it, you know, our whole mantra with the show is, you know, we're, we're creating a story today. We're telling a story today. And, you know, we want that story to, you know, be as impactful as the original movie was. And if you use that song in a just really cheeky, you know, way, it could, it could really change the tone of the whole show. So um, that, that was the thing. Like, I'd imagine somebody watching the, our tournament scene in the first season thinking, okay, why didn't they use that? And it's, it's because we actually needed to build up the drama there. So this series takes place 34 years after the original film. You guys had to imagine these teenage characters all grown up, but also come up with a plausible way for them to be in the same universe. So can you talk a bit about doing that? Sure. I mean, it was, this was a role reversal. We we had to, in order to build empathy for Johnny Lawrence, the you know the the previous All Valley champion, the the rich kid from Encino, uh, seemingly had it all. You know, the, the only bad thing that happened to him was he lost a karate tournament. We had to find the the humanity and and find a way to really relate to that character. And a lot of that was just digging into pieces of his character that weren't reflected on screen in that movie. What and kind of inventing and, and interpreting a backstory for Johnny Lawrence that built a lot of heart and had things that people can relate to and say, yeah, that's, that's me. I went through that. Oh, I didn't imagine that this character could have gone through that. But yeah, it kind of lines up. And doing everything we can to strip him down to the studs so when we find him 34 years later, he's living you know, three miles from where he grew up, but he has nothing. And vice versa with Daniel LaRusso. Here's a guy that, you know, after that, you know, building confidence, meeting Mr. Miyagi, winning the karate tournament, it just launched him into the stratosphere in terms of confidence, uh, you know, finding, finding the right woman to, you know, start a family with, starting a business that became very successful. And here we have these two guys, you know, on still living in the same, in the same town, in the same big, big city, but on very vastly different wavelengths. I noticed one character from the original series that didn't come back in this run was the Elizabeth Shue character. We have a lot of plans for any character from all of the Karate Kid movies. You know, we, we regard the first three Karate Kids uh, as canon, and even, even the next Karate Kid with Hilary Swank, because that continued the Miyagi story. So we look at all of the characters from all of the movies uh, very carefully in terms of how and when and why would we ever bring one of these characters back. Elizabeth Shue's character, uh, Allie, is a hugely important character in this in this canon. Uh, she was, you know, the, the the woman who started it all. You know, she was there at the, at the moment that Johnny and Daniel began their rivalry uh, all those many years ago. So when we started this journey and bringing Daniel and Johnny back into this world and bringing all these teenage characters uh, into this universe and seeing how all of those stories inter interrelated, we, you know, it was intentional right from the get-go that we weren't going to get as far as addressing Allie uh, in, in a on-screen way in this season. And whether or not she, she shows up in a future season, you'll have to wait and see, but, um, but she's a character that we talk about lovingly, and uh, she's certainly not absent from this universe. Do you want to weigh in? I thought that was a really good answer. It was a good and very complete answer, but I wanted to give you a chance. <laughs> All right, so um, I just wanted to go back to talking about imagining these guys 34 years later. 
Can you tell me about early on in the writing process an avenue you wanted to take one of the characters but didn't and why? Just thinking about it. I think you did everything we wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, I, think, I think most of our big ideas really you know, made it all the way through. I would say you know, it, it, this was one of those projects where as soon as we started actually taking this world seriously and taking the characters seriously, the ideas kept coming. And, you know, I think that the biggest thing is we wanted to make sure that even though we were doing a role reversal with Johnny and Daniel, that it wasn't um, a situation where, okay, well, now we're rooting for Johnny and Daniel is the bad guy. Because we know deep down that, you know, Daniel, you know, sort of has that heart of gold. So I think there's a period of time where maybe we're looking at what we're writing and we're saying, okay, well, maybe this character is being a little too, you know, much of the villain or this character is being a little too good. Um, but for the most part, I think our, our big overall vision sort of stayed the same all the way through. Yeah, I mean, we checked ourselves tonally to make sure that, you know, if we had some idea that made us, you know, feel something in the writer's room, that it really made sense for where we were in the season and in the the overall plan for the multiple seasons that we envision uh, for this show. But story-wise, we had to kick a few things, you know, out of the season just to make room to make sure that we made enough of a meal out of what we had there. There are definitely story aspects that we, we put off to a later season or we move to the side for now. But from a character place, um, everything that we intended to do is on the screen, and, and all our creative partners were very willing to give us a pretty free hand in that. You guys use a lot of archival footage from the original film and not. I was reading in an interview with you guys where you said that you had access to some footage that didn't make it into the film. So how much of that is lying around, and what's one example of something in there? Um, well, they made three you know, Karate Kid movies in the 1980s, and there was a lot of footage that was shot, and you know, from that footage, they they put together you know ninety minutes or so, or to two hours. But you know, what happened to all that other footage? You know, it's kept in you know some sort of you know container and kept near a salt mine apparently. And when we started doing the show, we realized that you know what, because we're shifting perspectives, maybe there were scenes or um, that were shot from the those three movies where we, you know, the, the director, John Avildsen, focused on, you know, some of the characters, but he didn't end up using that footage. And so an example would be the tournament uh, at the end of the, the first movie. You know, there's, it's Johnny, it's versus Daniel. Um, but, you know, because that Daniel was the protagonist of that movie, we, there was a lot of focus on Ralph Macchio's character. We, you know, asked them to look through all the old tournament dailies and we found some footage of, of Johnny that, you know, hadn't been used, including a close-up of him getting kicked in the face with that crane kick. And we loved uh, that shot. And there's, there's other things like that, actually, that we used throughout the season. And I think it's really just been the tip of the iceberg in terms of the treasure trove that we found. Because there's actually scenes um, that were shot that were never used in the movie. So we're looking forward to actually exploring what we have. We only had enough time to focus on one area, um, but going into next season we're, we're looking at all of the the original archives yeah i'll say you know when when john Ableton shot this movie it was 1983 and they didn't have uh they didn't digitize film then there was no such thing so any of the footage that didn't make the final cut of the movie was put in a can and buried somewhere in the salt mine you know for for a moment like this perhaps that they, that they couldn't have predicted but why they would maybe need to go back to it but it was never part of the movie, so it wasn't. Some of this stuff wasn't labeled well. Like you know, it took a long time for them to find just the tournament footage we needed because it's it's a it's a sifting process. So the next time around, you know, we're going to make wish lists and we're going to hope for the best in terms of you know actually digging up 
the scene we're looking for, the moment we're looking for, and perhaps making a meal out of whatever they, they can find for us. But it's going to be uh, another treasure hunt. All right, guys, thank you very much for spending some time with me today. You guys have finished season one. You're going to start production on season two. You hinted at it earlier that the, even the Hillary Swank movie is considered canon in your mind. So you get to season five. What's your pitch for Hillary Swank's character coming back? <laughs> Uh, there's no pitch as of yet. We just know that that's uh, obviously a really talented actor that exists in the world. And, you know, that's that's, you know, a character that exists in this universe. So we'll see what happens if the, if we're inspired by something or if we, you know, who knows, you know, it's not just our decision to bring actors into things. So, you know, as of now, we're just, you know, looking at all the movies and thinking of all the possibilities and there's no defined goal. Yeah, we're taking it slow and steady. You know, when we have an idea to bring uh, an actor back or a storyline back or a, a character back or even, you know, a, a new character that might be related to um, a, um, a character from the canon, um, it's always a, a long discussion. It's, it's a discussion amongst ourselves. It's a discussion with our creative partners. And, uh, you know, we think about it very, very carefully because we want to know what are the impacts, not just for, for any given season, but for, you know, the show as a whole as it, uh, as it progresses. Thanks for being on my show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Hey, this is Scott Wood in the studio. I'll leave you with the song that Josh and Hayden are waiting for the perfect moment to use. Here's You're the Best Around from the 1984 original motion picture soundtrack to The Karate Kid. Thanks for listening. Try to be best because you're only a man and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe though the going gets rough that you got
Hi, my name is Josh Heald. And this is Hayden Schlossberg. And we are the creators of Cobra Kai. And you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood.